This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 26, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. The right to keep arms has been affirmed by the Supreme Court, but the right to carry them has yet to be fully resolved. Dave Kopel, an associate policy analyst at the Cato Institute, discusses what's next at the High Court. The Heller case, which has a loose affiliation with the Cato Institute, uh, found there is an individual right to keep and bear arms. And this was, among many scholars, uh, a controversial uh, finding. And now we're extending these cases. Of course, the McDonald case from Chicago was filed hours, if not minutes, after the Heller case had come down. Uh, but there are other cases that have been filed, and you're uh, talking about one here in Maryland. Exactly. That's the case of Willard versus Gallagher, which is currently before the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Fourth Circuit roughly covers from, from Maryland down to, to South Carolina. Of all the states in the Fourth Circuit, all of them except for Maryland currently are generally compliant with the Second Amendment right to bear arms in West Virginia and Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, a, an adult who can pass a fingerprint-based background check and a safety training class will be issued a permit to carry a handgun for lawful protection under a, a fair and, and objective licensing system. Maryland is the only state that is currently violating the Second Amendment on the right to bear arms. In Maryland, the statute as interpreted the court by the uh, Maryland state courts says that you only get a carry permit if you are in imminent danger. So the fact that you just want to exercise your constitutional right to protect yourself doesn't count. Uh, the Second Amendment Foundation and uh, Raymond Woolard, who had a carry permit and then was denied renewal of that, brought a case in Mer federal district court in Maryland. They won the case and the judge ruled that Maryland's law violates the Second Amendment, which seems like a, a fairly straightforward uh, result. The state of Maryland then appealed to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. That's where the case is now. It will be heard by a three-judge panel of that court in late October. And my role in the case was on behalf of the Independence Institute. I filed an amicus brief and significantly it was not just for the Independence Institute. It's also an amicus brief on behalf of the two major police training organizations in the United States the International Law Enforcement Educators and Trainers Association and the International Association of Law Enforcement Firearms Instructors. So for those two groups, the amicus brief presented the police perspective on this issue and why they, as the, the most expert of the police, the one who trained the police on all kinds of things, as ILETA does, and who also specialize in training the police on, on firearms, as ILFE does, both groups view citizens carrying arms lawfully as an asset to law enforcement and not at all something which courts should shy away from on policy grounds, especially when the Second Amendment itself is so clear on this. What guidance does Heller and uh, McDonald offer? Heller said pretty clearly, and McDonald has language which reaffirms this, that the Second Amendment – 
right to keep and bear arms is the right to own, possess, and carry firearms. And there are certain exceptions to that, and these are the exceptions that prove the rule. So Heller said the Second Amendment applies to Americans in general, but it doesn't protect arms possession or carrying by convicted felons or the mentally ill. So that exception is one of the ways you you know what Heller stands for and for people who aren't felons and aren't mentally ill. The fact that felons and, and the mentally ill are the exceptions shows you that, that Americans in general have the right to keep and bear arms. Likewise, Heller was very careful to say that there is an exception for gun carrying in sensitive places. That's what Heller's term and the court Heller said sensitive places such as schools or government buildings. Now, there's lots of litigation about what else might be a sensitive place, but the sensitive places exception shows you that there is a general right to carry. So as long as you don't go into a sensitive place, you as an American, according to Heller, have a right to carry. Now, the Heller case itself was about a Dick Heller who wanted to possess a handgun in his home. So the Heller uh, holding read in its most narrow and constricted form says, oh, the Second Amendment is just about the home and doesn't apply anywhere else. I think that is a hostile reading of Heller, but there are some lower courts that have been hostile to Heller. And that, that's where we have the, the split among the federal courts developing right now between those hostile courts that say there's no right outside the home and the courts that, that follow Heller's language clearly indicating there is a right to carry in general outside the home. How do states typically treat this issue? One of the important things that shows how mainstream the Second Amendment is these days is that 41 out of the 50 states currently are compliant, broadly speaking, with the Second Amendment right to carry. There's a few states where you don't even need a permit, but in the vast majority of states, you get a permit under this fair and, and objective licensing system, which is it's called shell issue, which means you have to meet certain objective criteria, the passing the fingerprint-based background check, uh, usually a safety training class, and then if you pass that, then you shall be issued a permit to carry for lawful protection. A lot of states also have something like Colorado, which layers on top of this and uh, was very much supported by the county sheriffs of Colorado, which wrote Colorado's licensed carry bill, and I think this is constitutional, that besides the strictly objective factors of does a person have a conviction against him or restraining order, things like that. The person can also be denied the permit if the sheriff can show by a preponderance of the evidence based on documented facts that the person would be a risk to himself or others if he had the carry permit. So if a person just has a history of very odd behavior indicating there's something wrong with him, but he hasn't been convicted of anything. He's never been adjudicated mentally ill. In Colorado and I believe in most other states, that person could still be denied. So with all this screening we have, the system works very well, as our amicus brief explained, in only issuing permits to a subset of the population 
which is very highly law-abiding. In fact, far more law-abiding than the general U.S. population. You say this is a case that is uh, ripe for the Supreme Court. Why precisely is that? Because the right to carry is probably the single most important issue that has not been decisively resolved by the Supreme Court. Uh, if, if the courts, if lower courts just followed what Heller said, we wouldn't have to have these cases. But we, have, we had Heller, which said, yes, the Second Amendment is a individual right which applies to regular Americans, not only to the militia, and includes the right to possess a handgun for protection in the home. McDonald versus Chicago then in 2010 said another way the Second Amendment is a ordinary right is just like almost everything else in the Bill of Rights, the states must obey it because the 14th Amendment requires states to obey fundamental national civil rights and the Second Amendment, said the Supreme Court, is one such right. The biggest remaining question now is, well, it's the right to keep and bear arms. Is that right to bear a meaningful right or does it only mean you can bear arms inside your own house? So with a the current 5-4 pro-Second Amendment majority on the Supreme Court, my hope would be that those five justices who are on this issue, the, the pro-Constitution ones, will take the opportunity to take this case quickly uh, before the, the composition of, of the court changes and, and you know, Obama's second term would very likely change for the worse uh, on Second Amendment issues. Dave Kopel is an associate policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.